0: You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in.
1: Well, good morning, church. Hey, are y'all enjoying the rain today or What? What about the 85 degree weather, praise the Lord. Hey, didn't our worship team do phenomenal this morning? Can we give it up for our worship team? They do a phenomenal job. Well, as he said, my name's Ryan. I'm from the Mineral Wells campus, and uh, I've had the privilege for being the campus pastor there now for two and a half years, and they wanted me to tell y'all they love you, they pray for you every week, and we love seeing what God is doing in this place. I am so thankful for your pastor, Pastor Tim. I've known him now for about 12 years and he still invites me even though he knew 20 something year old me. And so, uh, I appreciate him so much. He actually officiated mine and my bride's wedding 9 years ago. There's my bride right there on the front. Um she loves the spotlight and attention. Uh, we have two girls, Layla and Layton. they're five and two, but they are staying with grandma today. And so, man, I am just so excited. And, and when it comes to your pastor, um, He is not just a big brother in the faith. Um, He has taught me so much and he's there for me weekly. He's a resource to me. Every Monday, um, without fail, I can expect a message from him asking me how everything went, how he can help me, how he can support me, and it means the absolute world to me. In fact, I've been trying to beat him on Mondays and ask him how his Sunday went uh, because he's been doing it for so long now. And he's doing a phenomenal job here. If you're thankful for your pastor, can you give him a round of applause today. So thankful to be here today. What is happening in High Ridge Church Longview is absolutely amazing. There is a move of God in this place, and you need to know that this isn't happening everywhere. God has laid his hand on this place specifically and there is a move of God and I believe God has a lot to come. The best is still yet to come even though we're seeing him move already. And so when I was asking Pastor Tim, what is it that you feel like the people of Longview need to hear today? What is it uh, that they receive? He said, whatever the Lord lays on your heart is good with me, brother. And that can be a dangerous thing to say to a preacher, because I was like, I have 50 things at a given time that I want to preach on. But as I begin praying and asking the Lord, what is it that you need me to share? I couldn't be helped but be reminded of where we are currently at in the world. The last several years have been absolutely crazy, unprecedented. And yet we still see people that desperately need to know God. It's more evident than ever that people desperately need to understand what it means to find freedom. There are people that still want to make a difference in this culture. There are people that want to discover purpose. But we cannot continue to stand on the sidelines. We cannot sit there and say, hey, God, I'm here, but not seek him out and seek his presence out because without his presence, we are nothing and so the title of my message today is this is "Structures that Last." And I felt led today to share with you the importance of staying connected and rooted in God's word. You see, God's not caught off guard by anything. There's nothing new under the sun. And if we would just get in His word, we would feel His peace like we never have before. Uh, the last couple of times that I've, uh, I, I've shared a message specifically on the importance of diving into God's word, I realized something. So, a couple of times ago when I did this, um, the Thursday before, I went to uh, go connect with a center where we we're doing an outreach at. And when I went outside, um, my rear driver's side window was completely shattered. And I was like, what happened? I don't have a nice car. I have nothing in there. I'm like, did somebody break in? No. And then I saw a lawn mowing company, a cross that had weeded it and they took care of it. Praise the Lord. But then that weekend I preached my message on the word. Well, a few weeks ago I preached a message on the word again, on specifically the word, uh, in mineral wells. And I, I realized a coincidence between the two because that Thursday before I went outside, my windshield was cracked on the passenger side. And had been hidden by a rock, obviously. Needless to say, I had to live out what I was preaching. Stay connected and rooted. Hey, and when you would say like, man, maybe coincidence. And I wasn't even gonna share that part of it with you this morning until on my way to Longview yesterday. I get five minutes outside of Mineral Wells and my wife hears a noise. She's like, do you hear that? I'm like, no, you're hearing things. Thanks. Everything's fine, there's nothing wrong. She said, are you sure? I said, yes, I got this. Then my light pops up immediately, and my air in my right rear tire is starting to hiss out, and it's not just a little bit, it's like rapidly, like dropping PSI to like zero, and so I get to um, God's gas station, Allsup's, and if you've never had an Allsup's burrito before, they're life-changing, okay? So I grabbed me one of them, but then I took care, of uh, of the the air that was leaking out, but I realized, man, there's nothing I can do, and I didn't feel like digging all of our bags and all the stuff we had for the kids out, so I was like, I'm not changing this tire right now, so I'm gonna fill it up with air, and I'm gonna try to get back to Mineral Wells and, and get to a place that can fix it, and I did, but we had to stop at four gas stations all along the way, uh, no joke, just to get there, and then finally, I get there, and they tell me they're closed. Luckily, I knew somebody that went to my church that was working there. He said, well, take care of you, pastor. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Then we go to leave. It's a 45-minute drive to Fort Worth where we're dropping our girls off for the weekend. And it took us an hour and a half to get to Fort Worth because it was bumper-to-bumper bumper traffic. Apparently, Parker County likes its Peach Festival and it was crazy, crazy busy. And so all that to say, I mean, coincidence, maybe. Spiritual warfare, Way more likely. And this morning, God told me something. He said, hey, Ryan, when you had your rear window broken, did it obstruct your view or did it stop the car from working? I said, no, God. He said, when you were driving the car the previous time and the windshield was cracked, did it obstruct your view? I said, no, God. He said, Ryan, you had an agenda You had a timeline of when you needed to get to Longview, but did you get to Longview on time? I said, yes, God. He said, you see, when I set you in the seat that you belong in, there's nothing that can obstruct your view. When you leave, when I tell you to leave, when you get to the place where I want you to go, it may not be in your timeline, but I will get you there. We need to understand if we sit in the seat that God has called us to, he'll take us to places we never thought possible. It may not be in our timing, but his timing is always perfect. The title of my message today is this, It's Structures That Last, and it is my hope and my prayer that we will begin to build on our faith today. Let me pray for us. Lord, I just pray that you would move in a powerful way. I pray for a move of God in this place, and I pray for an anointing right now. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you'll turn to Hebrews chapter 3, who has got a physical Bible in the room? Will you raise it? All right, there we go. Who has the Bible on their phone today? All right, there we go, the digital world, right? And um, if you haven't already, you can download the Version app. I-, I forgot this just a second ago. I want to say hello to all people online, and I appreciate you so much. And if y'all haven't already, if you would, please share the stream, A simple share can mean somebody meeting Jesus right in their living room, and that would be absolutely amazing. All right, Hebrews chapter 3. It says, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house and we are his house if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. A love what the author is telling his Jewish audience right here. He is telling them, listen, this Jesus that we're talking about He's greater than Moses. You know, the guy that freed your ancestors from bondage and slavery, that guy that you put on this pedestal? Jesus is greater than him. And we should be building our faith and building our foundation on him and him alone. When I read this, I feel challenged that I need to begin to build and to be, build up my faith. But if you're like me, man, does anybody in here really enjoy building? Probably a few of us. Anybody enjoy building things? I hate building things. I'm also terrible at it. I mean, here's the thing. Here's why I'm so bad at it. Um, Instructions are just a suggestion. So I will look at a picture and I will try to make it happen, but I'm not reading any instructions. But my wife is way better at building things than me. Why? Because she reads the instructions. I always seem to miss a step. Uh, A few months ago, we had a men's night, and they just decided uh, to get some of us pastors to have a manly contest to test our masculinity, and I volunteered to go first, and I embarrassed my campus because I lost, and the first thing that you had to do is you had to build something simple. They had all the things mixed up, and you had to go over there, and you had to figure it out. Well, by the end of it, they were laughing at me. Because it was obvious I don't use tools very much, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, give me a real drill. What's this wrench thing? And like 10 minutes later, I finally get it done, and then the couple pastors that went after me, and you might know one of them, Pastor Zach from Fort Worth, um, he got it done way faster than me, and I asked him afterwards, I was like, how are you able to get that done so much faster than me? He said, it was simple, Ryan. I just watched everything you did wrong and did the opposite. (laughs) When you get into God's word, you'll see a lot of people that have done things wrong, but they met and encountered the one true God, and he transformed, and he changed their life and made them free and set them new in Christ. We may not get it right the first time, but we have a God that is a perfect builder if we will just get in his word and get in his presence. What is your house being built by? And what are you relying on to build it up? If you're relying on me, if you're relying on Pastor Tim to build your house, you're missing it. My job is to teach you how to build your own house, how to build your own faith so that you can pass that on to your family. God's word is divine. And from Genesis to Revelation, it shows us his word. I have some things here that are are really important to me that just remind me how important faith is. I have this Bible right here. And it was made in 1865. It is my great, great, great grandfather's Bible. And if y'all would, don't say anything to my brother who's also a pastor because my grandma gave it to me and she told me not to say anything to him, all right? But when I look at this thing, I see his highlights in there, his writing in there, that a man that I never met before. And what was going on in 1865? A civil war, a country that was divided. Do we have a country that was divided right now? Do we have a country that's divided today I'm encouraged because I can look in here and see the same words that are in my Bible were in his Bible. And the way that he was getting in God's presence back then is the same way that I can get in God's presence today. Even in a divided world, this is the ultimate unifier. I also have here another Bible. It's my grandfather's Bible. It's seen sometimes. I was really close to my grandfather. He died a couple years ago. He was a Pentecostal healing preacher, and he absolutely loved the Lord. And when I look at his words and every single page is highlighted, every single page has notes. There are papers falling out because he used to go to the hospital district in Fort Worth and everybody there knew him by name because he was showing up there to pray. I I see emails in here with people's names on it from like 2005 that he prayed for them and went to Wortham. When I see these two Bibles, it encourages my faith because I want to carry on this spiritual legacy of valuing God's word because it changed their life and it's changed mine and it can change the world's. The average American home has 4.4 Bibles. A survey from 2021 said that 11% of Americans read the Bible daily. That includes the verse of the day. Trends in reading habits over the last four years show that the majority of Americans never read the Bible. According to statistics from Wycliffe International, Gideon's International, and the International Bible Society, the number of new Bibles that are sold, given away, or otherwise distributed in the United States is about 168,000 per day. Praise the Lord that even where our country is at today, God's word is still being made available to everyone. See, the Bible can be read aloud in around 70 hours. But you say, Ryan, reading the Bible's boring. No, you're boring. (laughs) How many hours a week do you spend on social media? Some of you spend 70 hours a week. Some of you spend 70 hours a month. And if you don't like to read, guess what? You can listen to God's word on an app. I do it while I'm running and working out all the time. Man, I had this thought. We're all addicted to our cell phones. I mean, have you ever left home without your cell phone and you feel naked? You feel like a piece of you is missing because you feel like you need to be connected to the outside world at all times. What if we flipped the script? What if we stopped carrying our cell phones and started carrying God's word in our pockets? How different would our culture be if we carried God's word with us instead of access to the world? Now, ladies, especially married ladies in here, how upset do you get with your husbands when they spend 30 minutes in the restroom? You're like, it doesn't take that long to use the restroom. I know that you're scrolling on TikTok but what if you had the word of God? When she says, what are you doing in there? I'm reading the word of God, lady. (laughs) Can't argue with that. What if we began to value the word of God more than we have valued access to this world? 1.5 billion people speaking 6,661 languages do not have a full Bible in their first language, and yet we have access to four and a half on average and most of us don't spend time reading God's word. We are spoiled and we wonder what to do. And God is saying today, open my word and build a firm foundation. John 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. This echoes the beginning statement in Genesis 1, letting us know that Jesus has been with us through the foundations of the earth and still desires to do that Today. John uses the word logos for the word. Here, what he wants the reader to understand is that God's word is superior to anything in culture. See, our God doesn't want a one-sided relationship. Does anybody in here like one-sided relationships? Have you ever been a part one? Don't look at your spouse. Men, look right here. Women look right here. All right, right, cool. We've all had times where we've been in relationships that are one-sided, My wife was created to be a great wife and a great mother to our children. And I have my days where I struggle to be a good husband and to be a good father. But thankfully, I have my wife who loves me enough to tell me when this is being one-sided. You have a God that is constantly pursuing you, 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. He is constantly pursuing you. When will you begin to pursue him? We have a world that is full of political ideology and has a a climate where we trust a politician more than we trust the word of God. We get on Google more than we get in the word. We're looking for articles to support our own political opinion, and you can find anything to support any opinion that you want. We think that, that a leader is going to be the answer to our problems. When there is nothing new under the sun, the answer to all of our problems is found in God's word. It's trust and faith in him alone. We have to trust him in all things. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3. Y'all aren't listening fast enough this morning. It says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. You see, when God speaks, things come into being. At the beginning of creation, God spoke, and in an instant, creation was here. When you were in your mother's womb, God spoke, and he knew every fiber of your being. If we want to navigate through life, we better know what God's word says. Because when he speaks, things come into moving. Are you not seeing God today? Are you struggling to see him? Because here's the reality for a lot of us. We walk around looking like this. We're completely led by what we hear and what we feel. And we need to see where God is taking us, but we are gonna trust what the world is saying and saying, listen, what is the world saying to do? And that's where we go. And what always happens when you can't see where you're headed is you always end up hurt if you're not walking with the will of God. If I were to ask Pastor Tim to get me off this platform safely, he'd probably lead me off the platform, let me fall and laugh at me. And so would you, rightfully so. The only person that we can trust to lead us to see is the person that when he spoke, darkness left and light was present. Some of us have been walking in darkness and we need to allow God to navigate us into light. Are you lost today? Are you broken today? Are you hurting today? Trust God because when he speaks, things come into being. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The second thing is this. God's word reveals his nature and his will. Our God is healer Savior, great physician, the great I am. He's Lord, he's Messiah, he's the comforter, he's our light, he's our hope, he's our direction. I could go on and on about what the word says our God is. But you cannot claim to know God's will if you barely know him. We have a society today that doesn't like to pray and doesn't like to read God's word and likes to rely on somebody else's relationship for their own. And that is a very, very dangerous place to be. Has anybody ever been on a first date before? You remember like the first date jitters that you get, like your heart's all pumping for us guys that had to walk to the door and and we didn't know what it was gonna look like. And then you go on that first date. Some of you've had some awkward dates. Anybody had an awkward blind date before? Anybody had an awkward first date with your spouse? This guy. <laughs> didn't know that my wife hated medium rare steak and your boy loves medium rare steak. If medium rare steak's the only way to eat it, can I get an amen? amen? All right, you my people, all right. Anyways, I didn't know that I completely grossed her out, but it was okay, it was okay. She gave me a second date, so we're good. But if you've ever been on a first date to, to set it for you, you sit there and it's just a little awkward and you're like, I don't know what to say next. So you start asking ridiculous questions. What's your favorite color? Blue. Oh, he said blue, he's so cute. What's your favorite movie? And he goes on and on for like 30 minutes and at the end of this conversation, do you really know this person at all? No, you don't. Some of you have only been on the first date with God. You've had that initial encounter with him. And you've never gotten past that place of knowing who he is to understand what he knows about you. And we need to trust God in all things. How much different is a date with my wife who I've been with for nine years than a first date? When we go on a date, we always say we're not gonna talk about the kids, but we always end up talking about the kids. But we have deep conversation, why? Because I understand who she is and I know who she is. Just like when I say, hey babe, when I say, hey babe, Where do you wanna go eat dinner at? And she says, I don't care, I know it's a lie. I'll say, hey, you really don't care? No, I don't care, okay. Mexican food, oh, we had Mexican food last week. Hey, you want barbecue? No, we had barbecue last night. Oh, oh, so let's get steak then. No, I don't really care for steak. Oh, so you want Chinese food then? If that's what you want. (laughs) Just tell me you want Chinese food. See, I know my wife well enough to know that she doesn't actually mean that she doesn't care where we go to eat. She's just trying to be nice. Your God knows everything about you and is pursuing you constantly. We need to get past the first date and get in a serious relationship so you can begin to know who he is. I've taken the time to get to know him, and man, he's amazing. Isaiah 55, 10, and 11 says this, "'For as the rain and the snow come down the, from heaven "'and do not return there, but water the earth, "'making it bring forth and sprout, "'giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. "'So shall my word be the ghost out of my mouth, "'and it will, shall not return to be empty, "'but it shall accomplish that which I purpose "'and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it.'" The third thing is this, is that God's word brings Purpose. What's your purpose as Christians? Part of our vision here is to discover our purpose. But we hear this word thrown out so often, and we really don't maybe understand what it actually means. I'd like to give you a simple definition. Your purpose is to bring glory to God's name. That's what your purpose is. Your purpose is to bring glory to God's name, which means we should also Worship him in all areas of life. Proskuneo, that's the Greek word for worship. It literally means to bow down. We should worship him and we should glorify his name and we should bow down in all areas of our life. See, our purpose is to glorify his name. Our calling is to therefore and go and make disciples of all nations and our assignments all look different based off the assignment and the thing that he's given you for that specific season to bring glory To his name. What could God do in Longview, Texas? What could he do right here in our home, in our place, if we woke up every morning saying, I am gonna give glory to God's name. I'm gonna go into the workplace today and I'm gonna bring glory to his name. What happens on Mondays when you wake up? Oh, I don't feel like going to work today. Pitiful me. Why can't it be the weekend already? You naturally wake up thinking about you. What could we do in this city if you woke up thinking about what you could do for God? What if you woke up saying, listen, how can I bring glory to his name? How can I go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations? What could happen in Longview, Texas, if we were so committed, so rooted in his word that we left our homes, left this place, and it wasn't just Sunday morning worship, but our whole purpose day in and day out was to bring glory to his name? A whole city can be changed that way. Psalm 107, verses 19 through 21, says this. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He sounded his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. He let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. The fourth thing is this, is that God's word brings restoration. Is something broke today? I know a God that's a great builder. And there's nothing he can't fix. Ask my wife. I need a lot of fixing. I mess up all the time. But the good thing about our God is he never stops restoring. We've all seen those homes. You get that honey-do list. Uh, like we buy a home or we're saying, I'm gonna fix this bathroom. I'm gonna fix this kitchen. You've been there for 10 years. The kitchen and the bathroom still look the same. Oh, Pastor Ryan's the only one I got gotcha. you. We all see these things that we need to be restored, but you see it in your own life and you say, you know what, I'll do it later. Because when it comes to America, the church, we're all afraid of a little work. To build great things, it takes work. We don't realize how lucky we are. In China, it is literally illegal to own a Bible you can be thrown in jail for it. They write scripture down, they give it to other people, they memorize it in their head and then they throw it away not to be caught with it and they have God's word literally stored in their hearts. And here we are with four and a half Bibles per home and we can't even give God five minutes. We have to be a generation that's willing to put in the work you need to understand today that you are perfectly created in the image of God and there's nothing that he can't restore to like new. Romans fifteen thirteen says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The fifth thing is this, is that God's word brings hope. From the Israelites being freed to David defeating Goliath, to Jesus raising Lazarus from the death, to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, to King Jesus defeating death on the cross. Our God desires to give you hope in all situations. If you look at the word, you can understand that our God wants to give you hope in all areas of your life. I don't know if you came here today and you kind of felt hopeless, but we have a God it's all about hope if you just put your trust in him. James chapter one, verses 22 through 25, and I'll close. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, And to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting that you have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So to this point, I've given you the why. So here's the how. You say, maybe Ryan, have I I ever, I've never spent time. What should I do? Where should I start beginning to read? How long should I read? I would recommend that you go to the Gospels, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'd recommend starting with the book of John. There's also a YouVersion Bible app that has reading plans that'll give you notifications every day. If you want a, a grasp in 100 days of the Bible, there's a plan called the Essential 100. It's one of my favorite. It'll take you through the key parts of the Bible in 100 days. But get started somewhere. You say, Ryan, for how long? Well, here's the thing. When I was young and didn't know any better, I got legalistic and habitual about it. And I was like, I've got to read this many by this day and this, this, this. And it became a checklist instead of getting into God's presence. And I had a pastor tell me one time that he read till God speaks. And it completely transformed my life. So every day, I read till God speaks. Some days... It's like three or four verses, boom, there you go. We all love those days. Some days it's four, five, six chapters, and I'm like, come on, God, I need a word. The Greek word is rhema, it means God's illuminating something off of scripture, off the pages to you. And every day we need one of those, because every day we're experiencing spiritual warfare. So every day I read till he speaks. What time of the day, Ryan? Give God your best time of the day. If it's at night, it's at night. If it's in the morning, it's in the morning. If it's five minutes, it's five minutes. If it's 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes. If it's 30 minutes, it's 30 minutes. Whatever it is, don't give God your leftovers. Give God your best. And begin stepping into that. Let his word penetrate your hearts. Let it be a weapon in a world that likes to weaponize everything. Let this be your ultimate weapon against the enemy. If you would, bow your heads and close your eyes. If we're gonna build a structure that lasts, we have to begin to dive into God's word in a deeper capacity. So if you're here today and you say, hey, Ryan, I wanna start getting into God's word on a regular basis. Would you just raise your hand? I'm not gonna embarrass you to call you out today. I just wanna pray for you. Thank you for your transparency. If you're here today and you say, Ryan, I need to increase my my time in the Bible, would you just raise your hand today? I want to increase it. I'm raising my hand with you. We can all increase it. You say, Ryan, I want to leave a legacy behind and be known as a person in the generations to come that valued the Word of God. Would you raise your hand? Lord, I just pray that we begin building on the foundation that you've given us with Christ Jesus. You are the great builder. And you do it through your word. And I pray that we would spend more time with you, that we would start spending time with you, that we would increase our time with you. Wherever we're at today, I pray that you would meet us right where we're at and we make your word a priority. It's in Jesus' name. With all heads bowed down, I've got one more prayer today. Maybe you're here today and you say, Ryan, that's great and I want to begin to get in the word of God, but I don't know that I have a relationship with Jesus to begin with. Maybe you came here today with this void in your heart and you say, hey, Ryan, if I were to die today, I don't know that I would spend eternity in his heaven. If that's you, friend, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to know that I know that I know that I can spend eternity with him in his heaven. And I want to start a relationship with him and receive the Holy Spirit to be a helper and a comforter. That's you today, friends. I want you to pray this with me. You say, Ryan, I want to accept Jesus today. Pray this. Jesus, I put my trust in you. Come on, pray it, friend. Jesus, I put all my hope in you. Forgive me of my sins. I am turning away from them right now. Thank you for dying on the cross. And thank you for raising from the grave. And don't forget to pray this. Thank you for just now saving me. With all heads bowed down, no one looking around, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out today. But if you just made Jesus your Lord and you just prayed with me, I just want to celebrate your decision. So if you just pray with me, you look at me, give me a quick little wave. I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. Got you right there. Got you right there. Anybody else just look at me, give me a quick little wave. Anybody else? Got you right there, anybody else? Praise the Lord, will everybody look at me? There are a few of you that prayed with me today. I'm so excited about your decision. We have water baptisms that will be after the 12 o'clock service. Water baptism is going public with your faith. It's an outward expression of an inward heart change. And we'd love to see you take that next step today. As the video said, we have shirts and shorts available and all the excuses covered. We'd love to see you take that next step today. Well, I hope you're strengthened today. I hope you were encouraged. I love y'all so much. I'm gonna hand it over to Pastor
0: Tim. Let's give it up for Pastor Ryan one more time. Come on, High Ridge Longview, show your love and your appreciation. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you were encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.